0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 121 of the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you with the generous support of Equestrian Collections, Horseshow.com, and Charles Owen. Chris Staffan, welcome back to the Dressage Radio Show, where this week I'm joined by a certain Heather Blitz. Welcome back to the show, Heather. Going to co-host with me again this week?
1: I am. Thanks for having me back. Good to be here.
0: How how are you?
1: Well, I couldn't be better.
0: (laughs) Well, I wonder, did you have a nice weekend? Do anything special?
1: Well, you know, just another day in the life of... um... No, it was quite a special week with the um, selection trials for the Pan Ams, um, the competition at uh, Gladstone with Paragon. And, of course, we did pretty well. Um, we're reserved reserve champion. We were, we were second every day right behind Stefan and Magic. And... Um, we were second overall in the whole championship, so we qualified for the Pan Am team. And that's well,
0: pretty cool. huge congratulations. I know there's a lot of listeners around the world that will be just thrilled to hear that. I know uh, you've made a lot of new friends and fans around the world, too. And, and, and so has His Royal Highness Paragon, judging by his fan page on Facebook. Yeah, I haven't counted lately. Is he up to 1,000 yet? <laughs> he's close behind you, I think. Uh, you've topped 1,000 uh, already, um, but he, he's just he just attracts such a following, doesn't he?
1: He certainly does, and it was really exciting and so special to have people approach me at the show and just say that, oh, they've watched him on video for a long time now, but to see him in person is really special because you just don't get the impression... As much when you see him from afar or me on him, since I'm tall and he's tall, you might not realize just, um, you know, just the the, um, effect when you see him in person is so much um, greater. It's just he's so, he's not just big as in, I don't know, he's not like heavy big, but he just fills the space around him in a way that is really different and it really gets people and they they get... um, just mesmerized by him. I mean, I am too and I, I see him every day and I still walk into his stall every day. I say, Man, this horse is just so majestic.
0: Majestic. So, That's a very good word for him. He's majestic, isn't he? Well, remind our, you know, we may have new listeners, new listeners around the world, Heather, who probably don't know how tall you are and how tall he is. Why it is such an interesting fit with the two of you.
1: Well, yeah, I'm uh, six feet tall. I don't know how many that is in centimeters. Do you? Uh, and he is 18 hands and i think that's is that 185 or something centimeters
0: i don't have my converter with me but it's i think
1: it's around 185 and um i'm six feet so you know we we fit together really well and um we both sort of have you know long rangy bodies and when we put us together it just looks like we were made for each other and um and personality too i think that we both have a lot of intensity, but it doesn't really so much show on the surface, um, but it's there, and of course, you know, intensity is necessary for a horse to do what he does, um, or he wouldn't come off as such a brilliant mover and performer, but um, it just doesn't come out at you from him as a as a negative intensity or, you know, a stress level with him, really. And... um Somehow, I think that's uh, probably the way I handle stress, too. It just sort of goes somewhere that um, I can handle it and um, use it for, you know, in good ways, because I need it, too, to be on the edge and ride really specifically and know, you know, there's so many different things to have in mind when you're in that test. There's a thousand things in your head. And so you definitely have to be on, but managing that onness without, you know, a stress level to go with it is a, it's a challenge. Sometimes I think it's sort of indescribable, but we both, I think we both do it in sort of a similar way, which also makes us match.
0: And the neat thing is, of course, as many people will know, that you, you, you customized his breeding, you were there when he was born, and to get um, your own pony all the way from there to mm-hmm. actually team selection, to make your debut on the team for the US, uh, USA must be, uh, you know, must be a pretty special time for you.
1: Well, it is. And, you know, I just take
0: life as far as
1: I, I, I take what it throws at me. And, of course, when I, I thought about this breeding, you know, this uh, his mother and Don Chufro is a good pair, a good um, breeding pair. I didn't think, yeah, I want to do this because I want to get a horse that will go to the Olympics. You know, I just thought, well, this would obviously be a nice horse to ride, and that's as far as I thought. And the good thing about... This another good way that you know way that this has been a really good situation is is just that I didn't have I didn't see him born with all these expectations in mind that he's got to be my next international FEI horse. I just thought this horse will be a good one to start in and ride and just see what happens. And yeah, I mean I I try to suggest that to uh, to people like if they ask me to help them find horses or you know, ask my advice on how, you know, how you get to this point. I think, you know, having expectations is, of course, good in the sense that you need to set goals and, you know, have an idea of what you want out of your life. But also, expectations can really, I think, taint your view on things. And it might make you assume that something is in front of you that isn't just because you want to be so badly. Or, um, you know, you might, just misread in in a number of ways. Like, you know, maybe he wasn't the horse when he was three and four, he, he wasn't just knocking my socks off. You know, I I loved him when he was uh, born. I loved him when he was around three months old, but you know how it goes with these big horses and they go through lots of growing phases and awkward stages. And, you know, and when he was three and four, I still wasn't really thinking, Oh my gosh, this is the horse for me. Um, But, you know, you just stick with him, keep training, see what happens, and, um, you know, he's kind of turned into this, and I still would love to go to the Olympics with him, but if he's the one, that's great, and if he's not, then he's not. So uh, I think that's a good kind of attitude to stick with because I would never want to pressure him into something that he isn't, but I will definitely bring out the most in him that I can and see how far it takes us, and and I just think that... For me in my life, anyway, whether it's horses or not, um, is a good way to go for something but not be so stressed that if it doesn't happen that, you know, all is lost because it's not. Life is pretty good when we're out here riding horses for a living and um, there's a lot to be, you know, really thankful for and whatever, you know, however far we get is, is already, you know, enough to be really happy about life.
0: Really is a journey of discovery, isn't it? Sure. Absolutely, taking one day at a time. Well, we're going to talk more about the Pan Am teams and your journey now to the team, but uh, we also want to mention that Sarah Leiser is going to be joining us shortly. Sarah Lysa, I should say, from the Chronicle of the Horse, was up at Gladstone, and she's going to provide us with a comprehensive report of the USEF Festival of Champions a little bit later on. But first of all, I want to remind you of one of our valued sponsors here on the Dressage Radio Show, and that is Equestrian Collections. If you're shopping for a young rider... Then Equestrian Collections gives you the best choice of riding apparel, whether it be footwear, gifts, helmets or safety gear, for young riders of any equestrian website in the world. And there's always great everyday and promotional prices too, with an enormous selection from head to toe. Equestrian Collections have young riders covered. You can shop in the young riders department or in the horse department at equestriancollections.com. And if you use the coupon, coupon code HRN at the checkout, you'll get $10 off your next order of $100 or more. Equestrian Collections is a participating retailer of the Horse World Gives Back campaign. Well, Heather, now the journey begins. I mean, the journey has started, but now that you've been named on the team, along with uh, and the other riders, which we, sh- we, we should mention here, of course, as you said, Stefan Peters with Jen and Bruce uh, Lavacek's Weltina Veltina's Magic, and Cesar Parau with Michael and Sarah Davis's Grandiose. So Marisa Festeling with Big Time. That's the top four. And then the four alternates that have been named as ranked substitutes are Endel Otz with Christian Cooper's Toscano, Sean Harding with Rigo, Heather Mason with Vars Steiner and Lisa Walcox with Horse Unlimited, Horses Unlimited, Pico Del Cerro. So, uh, you're, well, you're all rockers for the uh, Pan Am team, Heather, which is interesting, isn't it? Because even though Stefan's obviously been on the World Games Olympic teams, um, none of you have made the Pan American team before. So that'll be an interesting journey to be on a team all together for the first time for a new championship.
1: Well, definitely, but I have to correct you a little bit because Cesar Parra has oh, been. Oh, he did. Oh, of course
0: he yeah, did, yes.
1: It's not, for the, not for the U.S., of course. He's written for Colombia. Colombia, of course. Yeah, but I think it's um, it's a pretty big deal for him because he's just recently gotten his American citizenship mm-hmm. to be represented in this country. He's It's just um, it's quite an emotional uh, thing for him. So maybe to him it feels like a brand-new experience. But yes, we're all, especially Marissa and I, are first time on a team at all. Um, Marissa is a wonderful person um i 've met her a little bit in the past and i 'm just thrilled to get to know her more she 's really super positive very um good rider solid rider, hard worker, and just a very nice person um, and um so that's a, you know that 's a big part of what all of this does for anybody too is um you know get you to um, meet so many new people and um, brings both coasts together of course because we have two california riders and two east coast riders it really brings the coast together the whole country together um, and we have just such a strong team that the morale for this is just huge which you know is great for us coming for coming into london next year um to start with this kind of a just a morale about american dressage um you know whether they're the same horses or not but would go for the team next year it's um it's just a really good thing for the whole country.
0: Yeah, that team, as you say, team camaraderie, that team spirit. It really will lift the morale um, because great things are expected. I mean, people are trying to, uh, you know, predict the outcome already from uh, the Pan American Games. Do do you feel any pressure at this point as an athlete now representing the country? Does that impact you at this stage, Heather?
1: Um. I would say it doesn't add any pressure because I think I I don't think that I'll ride any differently just because it is for the team now. I think I'll ride the same. Um I pressed I pressured myself and Paragon as much as I think was appropriate in the selection trials and I think that I will just uh, keep the same level of performance and pressure when I get to Mexico if I can do that. And um You know, of course, I I may have to work a little bit at not letting that get to me anymore (laughs) than any other competition, but the arena is the same size. The You know, the test is the same. um, The relationship between Paragon and me is the same. So my goal is just to do exactly what I did at Gladstone, um, do that also at at the Pan Ams. And, you know, the rest of it will be in my head, but I can't let it be for those 10 minutes in the ring, I can't let it be in my head there. I just have to ride my test the exact same and, um, you know, not change anything because it is what it is already. And, you know, I'm not going to teach him anything between now and then. He knows his job um, very well and then some. So I just have to keep it on a, on a very consistent basis, a very consistent level of work and, um, you know, just hope that I can, that I can do that.
0: Well, as you said, it was part of a big competition there. A lot of other classes took place at the Festival of Champions, and I was able to catch up with Sarah Lisa from The Chronicle to give us a comprehensive report of the weekend's events. So let's hear from Sarah. Well, hi, Sarah. Welcome back to the show. It's been a little while since you were on the dressage show with us, but I know you've been busy.
2: Uh, Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me back on. Um, I am happy to be here and chatting with you
0: again well it's great to have you on because you know chronicle of the horse is a great friend of the horse radio network you know where your colleagues are on the morning show and you know generally we 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 enjoy you being a part of our affiliate program because uh, we know that you keep an eye on so many things in the horse world not least of all the the disciplines dressage is your baby of course and you spent i think quite a busy weekend there at gladstone didn't you
2: i sure did um I was there, we got there late Wednesday night in the driving through the pouring rain with my coworker Lisa Slade, and we were there from the very beginning to the very end. Uh, they were packing up around us, so <laughs> the the championship show is, um, the Collecting Gates Farm USAF Dressage Festival of Champions is always one of my favorite shows. I think I've been attending it, I think I've attended every year since 2005, uh, basically since you know, right after I started working at the Chronicle, and I look forward to it every year.
0: Wow, yeah. And we we should say, just get this out of the way to start off with, Sarah, because as you say, you were there from the start, and the weather can do anything at Gladstone, and it certainly did that this year, didn't it?
2: Uh, It's true. I was there two years ago when it poured rain the whole time. This year, I think we were very lucky. We had a lot of rain on the Thursday, the first day, But they were able to move the pre-St. George, uh, which was a very important class this year because it was part of the Pan Am selection trials. They moved that to Friday and gave the ring a chance to dry out a bit. Um, And the riders were all very uh, complimentary about the footing. That ring has all new footing and and it really held up okay to the water.
0: And then the, the, the sun did come out and it's actually quite a nice weekend then in the end, wasn't it?
2: yeah it was um you know it was overcast for the rest of the weekend, but we were lucky it was it stayed dry and it stayed fairly cool um That's always a challenge for the riders coming from California. their horses have not seen rain, their horses have not seen humidity and <laughs> <laughs> that's really hard to plan for when they you know start to plan a trip with the flying and the and the totally different conditions so they were we were lucky to have pretty nice conditions for the other three days.
0: Well, you mentioned the footing there, and of course, in the Dick and Jane Brown Arena, they had put down the Otto footing, hadn't they? They spent a lot of money to improve the footing there, because it can just pour with rain, as it, as you mentioned, it had done in recent years. How much did that improve, or was it a little bit sloppy when, uh, when once the rain had gone? How long, how long did it take to dry out so it was as good as you know Otto can be, that that Otto all weather footing?
2: Um, it's kind of an interesting question. The riders themselves commented on uh, Thursday and said that the footing was a bit holding, but it was not ever slippery. Mm-hmm. You know, They were never concerned, especially in those lateral movements when they're really testing the footing or in the extension. They were never concerned their horses were going to slip. Um, and that's kind of the danger zone. Uh, sure. So the ring... The drainage isn't maybe ideal in that arena. Uh, The footing really is ideal at this point. So it never got dry, but they, you know, they they, um, roll that. They don't fluff it up. Mm -hmm. And so I think really after that first day, by the, you know, the second day, the footing in the arena itself was pretty good. Um, Certainly it got a little wet around the edges, but, that was not really. That didn't really affect the horses. Just the spectators,
0: right? And just the poor photographers like you running around the outside there, trying to keep up with everybody.
2: Uh, I came very well prepared. I brought <laughs> tall boots and three different raincoats and a rain hat, so
0: <laughs> you know what to expect at Gladstone. And thinking of that footing, though, Sarah, Gladstone Festival of Champions would be the one time that it's used more than any other time of the year, isn't it?
2: Yes, absolutely. That the rain was busy from. 8 a.m. till 5 or 6 p.m.
0: Well, let's talk about those classes because as it is, as you said, it is a festival of champions. We've got juniors, young riders there in the Brentina Cup. Let's start by getting your thoughts on those other classes, the junior team to start off with. What did you think of that those performances?
2: Sure. I mean, it's really it's special that the juniors and the young riders and the Brentina Cup riders and this year actually the pony riders as well. Are there in that same facility, uh, warming up in the same arena with you know our best riders in the country, the people who are going to the Pan American Games and the Olympic Games. Uh, so that's always a really neat experience, I think, for our developing riders in the in the junior test. It was Kaya Anderson on a horse that uh, your listeners may know, Peak L, uh, and that was. That horse has gone to the Pan American Games twice, once as the alternate and once for Colombia, I believe, when Cesar Parra was riding him. And uh, he's just such, such a neat horse. He's a 18-year-old stallion owned by um, Ann Sparks, Horses Unlimited. And he, you know, what a neat thing for him to come out. And now he's showing young riders and juniors how it's done, basically. <laughs> uh, he's He's living with the with Scott Hassler in Maryland, and I actually did say to Scott, you know, of all the horses at, at this championship, the one I would really like to ride is Pete L.
0: <laughs> and what a wonderful schoolmaster for a junior. Yeah, and Kaya, what a, what a happy,
2: generous child. She was so, so uh, grateful to Anne, to the Hasslers, to everybody who made it possible for her to get the ride on this horse.
0: Because she's a full-time working student, there isn't she? It's- she's a full-time working student, and she does um, homeschooling. She
2: works online to get her classes done, and that way, she you know she really is very serious about her dressage, and this gives her the opportunity to do both school and get you know, the dressage education that she
0: wants. Absolutely. We should mention that she's from actually from North Carolina. At 16 years of age, you know, it's it's a very nice place to be in, if you're going to make dressage your career with a schoolmaster like that. And uh, she's obviously, uh, you know, set to be uh, launched into a good, you know, in the right place in her career right now then, isn't she? And uh, and as you said, humble too. And, and it must be a wonderful environment to be. Be amongst all those uh, top riders as well for these young young riders. Very inspirational for them.
2: I think so. I mean, and and when you talk to the riders, they all, as you as you talk to the youngest ones on up, they kind of have seen other riders and admired them, and now they're in that same position. Um, Caroline Rothman, who won the Brentina Cup, talked about seeing Adrian Lyle and seeing. Um, Liz Austin ride in the Brentina Cup and and this year Liz was riding in the Grand Prix Championship and Adrian obviously has ridden in the Grand Prix Championship before as well. So it's that kind of, they see these people coming up through the levels as well as getting to sort of rub shoulders with with the Stefan Peters in our country and, you know, the people who are going to most likely be on our Olympic team. It's a neat experience.
0: It certainly. Is there any other observations from the juniors? Of course, so Rachel Charenek from Connecticut. Um, she she was reserve.
2: Mhm, and she's a, a great kid with a great story. She's really worked hard with um, that P.R.E. gelding Embrihado. She that owned by London Gray, and she was a working student for London, and then she is now a working student for Best Walmart. Uh, and he's not the easiest horse in the world. She kind of laughed about coming down center line and said she gave him a half halt and asked for a collection, and he really had no interest in doing that at all. <laughs> uh, but she's really persevered and worked through, you know, the, the difficult spots, and she's actually hoping that she's going to move him up and do some young riders with the next year. So uh, another fun combination is really on track.
0: Well, we're going to hear more about the combinations at Gladstone this past weekend. But first, I want to remind you about one of our sponsors here on the Dressage Radio Show, and that is Horseshow.com. At Horseshow.com, you can now compete online just like you were at a regular horse show. You can get judged by the top judges and get the judges' comments. Just upload your home video and enter a class online at Horseshow.com. It's a simple and economic way for you to compete with your horse from home. It's also a great way to prepare for your next show and to track your progress during the off-season. Horseshow.com features real horse shows for multiple breeds and disciplines, and they're judged by nationally accredited judges. So just upload your video, enter with a chance to win at any time at Horseshow.com. Well, another young lady with a big smile on her face that weekend, as you mentioned, was Caroline Rothman. Tell us about her performance and the others in the Young Adult Brentina Cup.
2: Sure, Caroline. What a lovely, lovely young woman. Um, I remember interviewing her when she was a junior rider and winning everything. Um, and she has come up the ranks and always been gracious and appreciative of all the, you know, the opportunities she's had. And this year, she was riding Beamer, who is a sales horse that um, Lars Peterson and some other's own, and she said she wasn't even sure she would necessarily get to ride him because he's a, you know, a lovely Grand Prix horse who somebody's going to enjoy having at some point. But she was just, you know, she's just coming off getting three reserve championships at the Young Horse Championships at the USCF National Young Horse, Young Dressage Horse Championships. And so she said she had to kind of switch gears and get into her FEI Grand Prix mode and she got that done really well. Um, she came out, really rode the pants off Beamer, and, and I was, you know, I think it was an, a great experience for her.
0: Well, another young lady who did very well from from here, Welts, She's actually from Versailles, Kentucky. Um, she did particularly well too, um, Olivia Andrea with uh, Rifellino. W- what did you make of her performance? And Erin, she too, she was in the top of that when Heather. Heather Ann, Beecham. Um, yeah. We should point out, Sarah, these classes are not very big, are they? They're actually small classes at the championships.
2: Uh, the Brentina Cup is not usually a large class. Uh, I've seen as few as four. I've seen as many as like eight, I think. Um, it's really tough to get to the Grand Prix level by the time you're in your early 20s. So it's uh, it's neat for the kids who can do it and a real accomplishment even to qualify. Mm -hmm. but uh, not something that everybody can do. So it's a real honor for them. Uh, And so talking to, I really was, it was fun for me to meet Olivia. She's been a little bit off the radar because she spent quite a few years in Europe. She's not come up through the Young Rodgers system in the United States. When she got old enough, she headed off to Europe for training there uh, she's a little bit older. She's 27. So this was the last year she could do it. And um, Risolina was a horse that she knew in Europe. And he kind of was sitting at the sales barn. And, and she offered to take him and, and train him, basically. She said she put all the Grand Prix on him th- this last year. And that was, you know, and obviously did a very good job. And she's working with Kathy Priest in Kentucky now. She's originally from California. Uh, and I was very impressed, very impressed with her maturity, and I think she's got a really great future as an FEI rider and um, and trainer.
0: Yeah, actually, that, a lot of those young riders were very inspirational uh, th- th- this weekend. I thought. Uh, well, now, tell us about the um, the young riders. What was your take on the young riders?
2: Uh, gosh, Isabel Weibler, what a, a phenom! This kid yes. is on roll. You know, she's coming off young rider gold at the NHA YRC, our our national team young rider championship. And uh, she knows how to ride. She came up through the ponies and and she rides with the best of best help that she can get and put in really tests with her horse, Watson.
0: And the nice thing, she really, really handles the big occasion too, doesn't she, Isabel? She's, she's very, very humble, but she really does seem to manage these big occasions. And that's what it comes down to, isn't it, Sarah? You know, you've followed the sport long enough to know that it, the, the champions are the ones that really can rise to the occasion and don't get let nerves or the occasion get in the way of their performance. And Sarah and, and Isabel seems to be able to handle that.
2: It's really true, and it's really tough for these the kids i mean i think it's i think it's one of the benefits of them having opportunities to do ponies and juniors and young riders so that by the time they get into the senior ranks they have had that pressure on them before because there's nothing like riding down the center line at at, you know the gladstone new jersey with the scoreboard in the background and five senior judges looking at you to make a kid nervous, <laughs> to make an adult nervous uh, so to, you know that's often the difference is the, is the kid you can go in and and really ride and you know I think they all school well at home and they get there and the pressure gets to some of them and obviously doesn't get to Isabel, she does a great job
0: She certainly does, Brandy Runnick of course was up there too with Pretty Lady and Jill Kamenosh, another graduate from the young rider program as well with Nelson and she looked like they I mean, they all look like they were having such a great time there too. And that's really what it's all about. If they can maintain that attitude up into the senior ranks, they're all set, aren't they?
2: I think so. I think when they have a positive experience at Gladstone as, as a junior or a young rider, it really encourages them to stay in the sport. Um, and, and I, I hope, I think that the senior riders are very welcoming and, generous with their time to kind of to welcome these guys into the sport to keep them interested.
0: But what I think uh, was certainly, a little bit... Yeah, sorry, go ahead.
2: Well, certainly Brandy, I, I spent a little bit of time with her because she rides with Stefan Peters a lot, and she is um, she's from Arizona. And she, you know, what a great... She gets maybe more exposure to top, top level because she rides with, with Stefan, but here she is with a horse that had an injury and she's come back and she's had this Again, you know, when you're in Arizona, she has to go, she's always traveling if she wants to to really compete against the best, so I think it was neat for her to be on the East Coast.
0: We'll hear more about Gladstone in just a second, but I want to remind you about Charles Owen, one of our sponsors here on the Dressage Radio Show. They're well known for their extensive range of helmets, but did you know they also carry a selection of gloves too? The Ruckle Chester and the Ruckle New Ascot Glove are stylish synthetic leather gloves that come with rain reinforcement and an elasticated wristband. They're practical and hard-wearing, making them ideal for everyday use. You can find out more about the Charles Owens range of gloves and their extensive range of helmets, too, by visiting their website at charlesowen.co.uk. Well, the one disappointing um, number of entries was in the, the in Pony Team test, just two entries there. And when you think of the juniors and the young riders that are coming up, it's a shame that we don't have more ponies, and Lyndon has spoken about that when she's been on the show before, Sarah. What do you attribute that to? Because there definitely is the talent out there. It's just not funneling in the right places. What, 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 what's your opinion of that? I think the kids were pretty
2: adamant that people don't actually know about this that it was you know it's a new program this year uh, to have a championship there are FBI pony classes, uh, but they sort of felt that people didn't didn't even know that there would be a championship this year uh, and you have that combined with we don't have a lot of schoolmaster ponies in this country, so you know you have a child who wants to get into dressage, it's a lot easier to find a schoolmaster horse than pony. So I think they just end up sitting on horses right away because there aren't that, the kind of ponies available that you have in Europe where the program is more established.
0: Yeah, very interesting. It's probably spot on there. We should mention Alison Cypress and Barbara Davis were the two entries finishing first and second there in the pony team. Well, you mentioned earlier, and and that's what we've been talking about this week on the show, that it is all about the Pan Am selection trial. So, in a way, the small tour kind of headlined, really, in a way, didn't it? In From the Grand Prix, took away the headlines from the Grand Prix tour. Uh, so, so let's talk about the Grand Prix first, and then we'll come to the uh, to the intermediate. Um, now, what in the small tour? What were your thoughts on the Grand Prix performances? Not unsurprisingly, of course, uh, Stefan won that with Ravel, as Everybody knows. Well, how did yeah. it look from How did it look from the ringside, Sarah? I
2: mean, it's it's always fun to watch Stefan and Bell, Um and he hasn't actually brought Ravel to Gladstone in New Jersey. He's he's won the national championship when it was held out in California. So I think that was a real treat for people on the East Coast to see uh, this fantastic horse live. Uh, he said that his Grand Prix special was probably the best special he's ever ridden with Ravel. Uh the horse was spot on, very energetic, enthusiastic, re-offering really everything he had. Uh, he got a little a little. Bit Tired, maybe, in the freestyle. Stefan, you know, always so generous to his horse, I and mean, he just—they're—they're they're not machines, and you can't expect them to come out every day and do of you know, the same fantastic performance that they did before. But you know, certainly, again, it's—it's just—it's still a joy to watch the horse. Even you know, we all get so picky. Oh, he had a, a slight mistake here or there, but that doesn't really take away from the performance. And, and seeing that horse live in the flesh is—is is a pretty fantastic thing. Go ahead. Sorry, and then you know you have Tina Canyon and Collecto, and Collecto looked fabulous. So again, so happy, so willing to to work for Tina. You know she always tells how he's just her best friend, a horse that's you know she has a special relationship with. And again, not maybe not mistake free performances, but but. So on the right track, she said it herself, you know, we're on an upswing right now and hopefully gaining momentum for next year.
0: And then third place, of course, Shauna Harding. Shauna Riding uh, come on the third. And Lauren Samus with Sagacious HF, of course, uh, herself, uh, a a Pan Am team member in the past. Mm -hmm. So what did you make of those uh, other performances there in the Grand Prix? Those, come on
2: and Sagacious are two of my grand prix horses right now um they were both doing really well in the small tour and now they are doing well in the grand prix and they're young grand prix horses um shauna was so grateful that she had the opportunity through the carol Labelle grant and the dressage foundation to go to europe with come on and her small tour horse rego uh and so she competed in the world cup this year with come on and just, I think, learned so much while she was in Europe. And he certainly, come on, looks the best I've seen him, the most established in the Grand Prix to date. Um, and, you know, Shauna hopes that he's going to even just continue to get stronger and get better. Uh, Sagacious is such a talented animal. And, and, you know, Lauren just adores him. Uh, and he's had some setbacks as he moved into the Grand Prix, through just minor injuries, he uh, apparently had to have he had a terrible colic this summer and also had a surgery um, and she told me and now I'm blank on what the surgery was for, but it, he spent he some time off this summer um, and there were times where I think they had some miscues in the ring and, and Lauren you know blames herself, not him, but the horse was just a very, very talented neat horse for the United States to have and, and hopefully they'll just get better and better.
0: Well, I think one of the biggest smiles at the end of the weekend in the Grand Prix tour was um, Melissa Taylor with Schumacher Solis. She just could not be more pleased with her horse. She finished, of course, in sixth place in the Grand Prix.
2: Uh, Melissa's so much fun. What a what a great girl, woman. Um, and she has come to the, the festival many times with Schumacher, with other horses with success, Uh, and she's really been just getting stronger and stronger in the Grand Prix herself. She hasn't been riding at the Grand Prix level for so, so long, and she's brought Schumacher up with uh, the help of Lars Peterson, and I think, you know, it was just a really nice thing for her to come and do so well, and and, you know, she just loves
0: the heck out of that horse. You could, you can tell she certainly does. Well, OK, let's talk about um, the focus, I think, this weekend, because it was a selection trial. And as, as is often used at Gladstone, the selection trial for an Olympic Games, as it will be next year. But this year, it, the focus was on selecting that Pan American Games team, which they did by the results from mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, no surprises, of course, with, with the winner, Beltino's Magic. Uh, what did it all look like from where you were sitting, Sarah, or standing? You were taking pictures most of the weekend, weren't yeah, you?
2: <laughs> I was taking pictures. Um, you know, Stefan just gives – anyone would benefit from watching how he rides and gets every point out of whatever animal he's sitting on. Uh magic has been a little bit of a late bloomer according to Stefan and, and Shannon did his wife Shannon did most of the, the early training on him. But Stefan has taken over and really, you know, he knows how to maximize everything from that horse. So the the pirouettes and the extended walk, which are both coefficient scores, just lovely. And the, the horse doesn't put a foot wrong. Uh and then, I mean, but the other horses were also so wonderful. I mean, Heather a Paragon, that is a horse that everyone is just eager to see come out at Grand Prix. He's so powerful and impressive and with a talent for collection. Um, and, and there were times even where Heather sort of laughed because he really would like to offer a and she had to kind of keep saying, no, no, we'll... We're doing the the Pre-St. George, or we're doing the I-1, and, you know, you need to do that right now. (laughs) Uh, Although, you know, he just would, he would do anything for Heather. She's known him since he was just born, uh, so they have a really special relationship. And then, but it's not, you know, it's not even like, oh, our first two are great, but the others aren't. We had such a strong, strong, strong field in the uh, Intermediary Championship. You had... Cesar, whose who's trot tour with Grandioso is actually better than Stefan's was scoring. When we looked at the live scores, you could see that he was scoring better than, than Magic. Um, and then Marissa, what a, what a neat, neat thing that she's qualified to go. Uh, she's worked for a long time with her horse, big time, on the West Coast with Marie Myers, her trainer. And, and she just couldn't have been more happy. And everyone from from Stefan to, to Anne... Gubeni, our technical advisor, talked about how this was a phenomenal dream team to be sending. We' never sent a stronger team to Mexico Maria, to Fest-
0: Maria Festling, of course, is uh, who we're talking about who finished third with with big
2: Mar- time. Marissa finished fourth with big time
0: right in in uh, the freestyle she finished third, didn't she In the freestyle she finished she, third but yes. the, the team but the, with, for the team itself, she finished fourth absolutely right. And and that was such, as you say, lovely surprise there, I mean, to, to see her do so well, to get fourth. Uh, and and another rider that I was thrilled for, he's been a guest on the show here, a very humble young man and obviously very talented, is Endel Arts, who finished fifth in the Pan Am ranking. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
2: Endelot and Shauna Harding uh, are the first and second reserves. Reserve,
0: yeah. Um, now, what did you make of Endel? I thought he really rose to the occasion.
2: Uh, Endel is not new to riding at this level, and I believe he actually came back from Europe specifically mm-hmm. when the opportunity to ride to Stano, uh came up. Mm -hmm. And he did. He he went in the ring and made the most of the opportunity. Toscano was a lovely horse, and he rode that horse very, very well. It was was great to see another young talent um, showing what he can do, because we need, you know, the, the team themselves kind of joked about, I think Marissa is the youngest, and she's in her 30s. (laughs) But we need those people that are in their 20s. Everybody else is in their 40s. Um, We need the people in their 20s coming up behind so that we have riders for the
0: future. Absolutely. Continuity. Well, Endel would be one of those, probably the youngest there. Shauna Harding, as you mentioned, with her small, tall horse. Rigo is the sixth place, so the second alternate for the Pan Am team. Uh, which uh, I will remind everybody again at the end of the show, we have to follow that in October. They'll be heading down to Guadalajara for October 14th to the 13th. Now, the other two that were mentioned as alternates were Heather Mason with Walsh and Lisa Wilcox with horse Unlim- Horses Unlimited Pico de Cerro. Uh, any thoughts on, on those performances overall for the weekend, Sarah? Uh,
2: sure. Heather Mason, what a lovely job she does with the Walsh horse. Um, they just looked really phenomenal, and they, and if you look at the scores, they were very very close to the uh, two in front of them. That you you could just kind of go down the whole list, and there wasn't a bad horse or a bad score among the group. Uh, and then Lisa, Lisa does such a good job with that horse, who is just a little bit not the easiest. <laughs> um, and and he actually kind of a neat little tidbit is that Piquet de Cerro is the Son, of course, as peak L. So you had a, a father-son combination in the, the championships. Yes. And Lisa did a great job. She had some troubles in the I-1, which moved her a little bit further down the rankings. Otherwise, I think she really would have been knocking on for that first place spot. Uh, but she's a professional and she knows how to she knows that horses are horses and you can't always expect exactly what you're hoping for. Um, I think she was pleased with her weekend and she really had some great, great moments from that horse. So I, I expect he's a young horse. I think that we'll probably see even more from him in the
0: future. Absolutely. Well, congratulations to all of them making that team. It's a beginning of a new journey for some of them. Heather has not been on the team before. Dr. Cesar Parra, as you mentioned, he's formerly a Colombian, been on the Pan Ams teams himself for Colombia, but now a U.S. citizen, so therefore qualifies to ride. And Marissa, too, a team, a team debut for her. So, you know, an exciting journey for them on their well. way now.
2: Even Stefan Peters has never been on a Pantheon team, team. No, so. that's
0: true too. I should mention that too, yes. <laughs> so
2: everybody's a rookie in one way or another, and, and Stefan was so wonderful you know he said look I, you know, I've been on teams and, and yeah, the individual medals will be what they will be but I've never had the opportunity to really go for a, a team gold and I'm more excited about that than anything else
0: Absolutely well congratulations to all of them and uh, we'll put a link to the full team here on the website Sarah I want to thank you very much for taking time out to give us your report there'll be obviously a lot more details at Cronofhorse.com this week and in this week's magazine I'm sure extensive coverage both in the words and we with- your pictures.
2: Well, thanks for having me on the show. It's like I said, it's always a pleasure to talk to Horse Radio, and it's always fun to go to Gladstone.
0: All right. Well, thank you again, uh, Sarah. And uh, enjoy. Will you? I should ask you before you go. Will you be heading to Guadalajara?
2: No, we're going to send a different staff writer, uh, Molly Bailey, will go for us. The so will be
0: keeping things. Ho- Going at the
2: office in
0: Gilbert. All right. Well, we will follow the Chronicle, as always, with interest in their coverage of the Pan American Games. Thank you so much, Sarah.
2: Thank you.
0: Well, Heather, as I said, now part two of the journey begins. What does this involve for you now? Um, Because you have to go into team training before you depart for Guadalajara, Mexico. We should remind everybody that those uh, games take place from the 14th through the 30th of October in Guadalajara, Mexico, if anybody's thinking of trotting down there. What's your schedule then with uh, team training?
1: Well, that doesn't start until October 2nd. So um, I am... You know, twenty hours away from my home base in Wellington, Florida, so I have decided not to put you know Paragon back on the road uh to go back to Wellington and then come back here two and a half weeks later. That's a bit too much um so I will stay here in New Jersey, and I have another horse with me too, so I'll just concentrate on riding these two horses I'm teaching a clinic um up here in New Jersey, and then I have some, you know, some other lessons scheduled, so I'll be able to do a bit of work, and that's good to, to help out with the finances of this whole thing. And then the team training starts on the 2nd, where the top six combinations come together, and we do our training uh, at another place here nearby New Jersey. And then the horses will leave on the 11th for Mexico, and I fly also um separately but fly my office in mexico on the same day
0: but you're not traveling with him then your groom hannah will be traveling with him that's right all the athletes have to
1: go through united states olympic committee processing in houston texas every athlete for the whole pan am so that's where i get to go and my groom whom paragon loves to death <laughs> will go with him on the airplane so then i'll meet them down there and the Pre-St. George starts on October 16th, that's Sunday, and then the Intermediary is on the 17th, which is Monday, then we have a day off, and then the Freestyle is on Wednesday, the 19th.
0: Well, I I would not be forgiven if I didn't talk about your Freestyle, which was just so, I mean, it was such a wow Freestyle at the Selection Trials, Heather, and the music that you chose and it was just such a di- different choreography and and as, as so many times you're asked, I'm sure when you get into press conferences and you will in the future be asked, well, are you going to change anything between now and then? Is everything in place where you want it to be or will be, you be tweaking anything?
1: going to tweak a few tempos the walk tempo uh has changed a little bit in my training with paragon his tempo used to be a bit slower in the walk and now he's gotten more active and through and connected so i have to change both the extended walk tempo and the collected walk tempo and um that's it though i think i'm going to keep the choreography the same i've gotten quite a bit of good feedback on the choreography both from um uh, judges afterwards and from the crowd from friends and family and fans so I think that um, it made a pretty good impression. And um, what I wanted to do was pretty much not the be obvious, <laughs> because my horse has a reputation. And if you've seen him, his movement is very huge, and you know he comes across. He's a huge horse. He's a huge mover. Everything about him, his reputation is huge. So I, I kind of wanted to come in and not not do that until a part in the test where I do, of course. But I kind of wanted to start off with a little bit of just quietness, and um, made the test quite big in the middle, both using the whole arena and the big gates and the big music, and then to leave the freestyle also on a quieter note and sort of a um, more sort of mystical ending. So um, that got a good response. It worked. And, and that's what I thought about him from the beginning. And I made it a year ago. I've only written it one other time. And it didn't go quite so well the other time I rode that freestyle. And this time it went really well, and I just got a, um, a nice, positive feedback about it. So I think I'll keep it like it is.
0: Wonderful. Well, it's an exciting journey for you. I want to wish you the very best of luck with that and the rest of the team, of course. And uh, hopefully you'll, you'll have a lot more to tell us. Maybe we can catch up with you before you leave. And you, Which day do you actually leave for Mexico
1: well, I believe I leave
0: on the the 11th also. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, well maybe, maybe catch up with you and get a quick update before you, you leave of your experiences of being on that team. And, of course, when when you get back, we'll want to hear all about it.
1: <laughs> I'm sure I'll be full of stories. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Heather. Well, thanks for joining me on the show this week. And, uh, of course, we will put links to Guadalajara for the Pan American Games and also to Paragon's Facebook fan page where you can join all his adventures there on Facebook and also Heather's too and on her website. Uh, Well, Heather, good luck for the rest of the journey. Thanks so much for joining us this week.
1: Thanks for having me on and I'll be happy to let you know how it goes in mexico
0: absolutely all right well, i want to thank uh, sarah lisa for uh, her report this week and all of our sponsors don't forget i'm still looking for young reporters if you're under 20 years of age and want to report on your show anywhere in the world just send me an email to chris at com. our show notes as ever are on our website at dressage com, and you can check out all the offers there that we have And follow us on Facebook and on Twitter too. That's it for this week. I will be back, of course, at the same time, same place next week. So until then, thank you all for listening.